listening to the moon child oh i'm feeling good people i'm feeling good yesterday was kind of a scare for me you know what i'm saying um i was going to work and i'm thinking you know i'm just a regular day blah 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 i'm go to work you know go through my day or whatever and the night before i was at a friend's place and i gotten a ride over there and I was mis- I was unsure if I had my keys or not but you know I left looking for my keys but I was just assuming that I was at the house and when I left in the morning I didn't have my keys and I was thinking where I lost my keys like it could have been on a, a side curb because I was thinking that it was in my pocket because I fully checked in the house and I had to go to work I had to take a lift there and everything and I was just stressing looking at the prices of a replacement key and all that I was just stressing overwhelmed for a bit but then you know I tried to calm down a little bit I wasn't as stressed going through work and I just came at it with an intention like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna find my keys you know I'm gonna find my keys and sure enough I ended up finding my keys could have been a lot worse but it was something that was not as bad as I thought and it was something that I felt like I controlled my anxiety right there. Something so little, but it felt so big for me. And I just feel blessed, man. I feel blessed. The kings may suck, but I feel blessed. But I'm not going to talk too much about the kings today. Um, I actually got something else I want to talk about as far as the NBA. And it's something that I'm totally here for. <laughs> And I totally enjoy what's happening in NBA right now. It's super competitive. We have a lot of stars playing right now. We don't know who's necessarily going to win the title. You can say a favorite, but there is no for sure favorite right now. There's a lot that can go down. But a team, a certain team that a lot of people has as their favorites at the beginning of the season is struggling. And that is the Los Angeles Lakers. And oh boy. Yes, I am totally here for Lakers slander. I'm totally here for Lakers slander. And there's just some things I want to point out what's going on right now. They're in a four-game losing streak. Yes, they don't have AD, and they also don't have Dennis Schroeder. But I question their scheduling from the beginning of the season. And people was like, oh, yeah, Lakers are clear-cut favorites. It's obvious. Look how good the team is. They made upgrades with Schroeder and Montrez Harrell, Marcus All. And THT is going to be the next big thing. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Y'all got to see the teams that y'all beating. Because me, as a Kings fan, I watched my team face the Nuggets three times. I seen my team face the Suns two times. I seen my team play, face against the Clippers three times. And I also watched my team play against the Nets twice. The Bucks twice. No, we played the Bucks once. Uh, we played the Trailblazers two times. So I'm seeing that we're playing, we played the Heat two times. So I'm seeing that we're playing all these competitive teams, and I look at like who the Lakers are playing. So here's I'm going to break it down. If you look at their record, they are 22-11, and 11, right? Okay. They are 17-2 and two versus, I would, as I would say, non-competitive teams. They are 5-8 and eight versus competitive teams. Now, let's break down those little records. I'm going to break it down on who's competitive, who's not. 
So let's break down the 17-2 versus the non-comp. They were blessed with an easy schedule. Now, I'm not going to hold it against the NBA um, you know, with their easy schedule. I think it was too easy, but I think they were trying to help them because they did have lack of rest. But I don't think the Heat got the same type of treatment. But it probably didn't help the Lakers in the long run because they have a tough stretch for the second half of the season. And it's going to get more intense because they, just, they just played the Jazz for the first time. You know what I'm saying? They still haven't played the Trailblazers multiple times. They still haven't played the Clippers multiple times. So we look at their 17 wins and 17-2 and record versus non-competitive teams. I think you look at the Mavs, right? You look at the Mavs on Christmas. They had Norpor It was Luka with Norpor Zingas. And I don't even think the Mavericks are a playoff team. They played the Timberwolves. The Lakers played the Timberwolves four times already this season. So they're done playing the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves have the worst record in the league. So they played the Timberwolves four times. So that's that's five wins right there. Um, I used to say this, but they're not. So I'm. this is actually going towards the competitive side. They played the Spurs three times. They're 2-1 and one versus Spurs. I'm not going to list the Spurs as a non-competitive team. They're 3-0 and oh versus the Grizzlies. Two of those games versus the Grizzlies was without John Morant and Jaron Jackson. They do have one win against the Grizzlies with John Morant. And, jo and the Grizzlies had like a 20-point lead and the Lakers fought back. So I, I think that's a competitive win. But the 2-0 and oh with... With that, I don't think that's a competitive. Win. I think that was a that's a basic win for them, because the Grizzlies are in that Sacramento Kings tier. But they're two and zero, okay, of course, without John Morant and Jaron Jackson. Then they played the Bulls two times. That's easy for them. That's 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 a non-competitive team. You got the Bulls twice, so they got to play the Bulls twice. They got to play the Rockets two times. If you remember, that was during the James Harden drama. They played the Oklahoma City Thunder three times. They beat the Pelicans, they beat the Cavs, and they went 1-1 one one with the Wizards. Okay? That's 17 of their wins. Mavs, no Porzingis. Timberwolves four times, which blows my mind. Like, how the fuck did they get to play the Timberwolves four times? The Kings haven't played the Timberwolves once. So that's that's where I'm coming from with this. Playing the Timberwolves four times, and I gotta see people on social media, oh, this is why Lakers are gonna win a championship. I'm like, what? Like, Let's, let's, you know, scheduling does matter, like, when and, you know, when you play a team. But playing the Timberwolves four times in the first 20 games, like, of course you're going to have a good record. They should have a good record. They're the recent champions playing against the Timberwolves four times. And then they got that Grizzly situation. I'm not going to hold the Lakers, but they, you know, two times without John, you know, um, Jaron Jackson. Play the Bulls twice. Play the Rockets twice when they were going through their shit. You got to play the youngest team, the, a team that we all know is rebuilding in the Thunder three times. Pelicans, Cavs, and Pistons twice. And mind mind you, they lost once to the Pistons. Now, let's talk about their good wins and their bad losses. Now, there's not too many good wins that they have. I would say the good wins that they have is, you know, I, I, would, I would count the Spurs. So that's two. But I said they're five and eight versus competitive teams. So those two wins versus the Spurs, and then which you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't call the Spurs a championship contender. You wouldn't. But I would say their three good wins was the Bucks, the Celtics, 
and the Nuggets. They split one and one with the Nuggets, but the first Nuggets win was a pretty good win. Um, but Bucks, Celtics, Nuggets, and you can argue that the Celtics are not championship contenders. I thought they would be, but they're obviously they have a net, they have a under five hundred record right now, and you got the Nuggets. So I think the Bucks was a very good win for them, and I wouldn't say the Lakers have terrible losses now if i'm gonna critique them for having an easy schedule at least they're taking care of business in the easy schedule but i would say their only bad losses was the pistons and the wizards um i think you gotta i think i don't care which team like if you're going against the kings or the wizards and you're letting them if you're if you're like letting them get stops <laughs> enough stops to beat you then you're not doing something right because those te teams can't play defense for nothing. And we already know what the what situation that the Pistons are. But that's only two bad losses. But let's talk about the interesting losses. I'm not going to hold the Lakers say these are all bad losses. Like the Jazz yesterday, I, I, I think I already knew that the Jazz was going to um, push the medal on them. And I'll get into them next. But let's talk about the interesting L's, all right? So you got the 76ers. They lost to the 76ers, who is a championship contender. And they lost to the 76ers without Anthony Davis. Joel Embiid looked like the best big on the court. Okay? Um, Joel Embiid over Anthony Davis right now. Alright? And he's injured. They, The Lakers also lost to the Clippers. With AD, you know, season opener. The They also lost to the Trailblazers with AD. Okay? And then they lost to the Nets without AD. But... The Nets didn't have KD, so I don't understand how that's gonna make anything better. Um, they lost to the Heat. They lost to the Heat without AD, but the Heat had their you know issues at the beginning of the season, and they're starting to bounce back. And they lost to the Jazz. They also lost to the Warriors, and they also lost to the Spurs once. They're two and one versus the Spurs. So I'm like, you know, I'm looking at all these W's. You know, these Lakers fans are saying, "Oh, wait till playoffs for the L's," but like. You know, the teams that they're winning against are not really going to the playoffs. And that's why I say they're 5-8 and eight versus the competitive teams. And five of those wins, two is the Spurs, one is the Celtics, who you're going to probably say that they're not championship contenders this year. You can argue Nuggets and Bucks, but you can honestly argue that the Nuggets aren't going to be contenders this year because the Jazz is the new version of them. So you look at their schedule, like... They're not beating the competitive teams, and they're beating against the non-competitive teams. And that goes into the roster, you know. I think LeBron James is totally fine. I think I, I'm appreciating his greatness. He's doing it on a night-to-night -night basis. He's playing every game. But <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure his fans, the Bronze Sexuals, are all preaching this. And I told y'all that this is going to happen. Um, but we're going to be going back to that narrative, y'all, of LeBron needs help. And I think he truly does. This Lakers team is not as good as they were last year. And I'm going to tell you why. Lakers, they have the best defense. They're they're top five in defense this year, right? Okay. But they're going, they're going, you see the schedule that they're dealing with. And you see how they're losing against the competitive teams. Because they're missing that same rim, rim protection. I try to tell people all the time. You had they had two superstars. Not not only that they they relied on two things. It was LeBron and AD, and 
the security blanket, the rim protection. They had monsters on the court. You couldn't get a bucket on the key in the key against the Lakers last year. They were sixty. They were fifty something and O. They didn't lose a single game last year when they were leading after the third quarter. Because you know they win the paint game, um, and they're gonna protect the paint. And LeBron is the, probably the most efficient driver to the basket in NBA history. And then you also got Anthony Davis defensively, who's just a weapon who can pick up on the player's best ball handler and guard the best big mans. But they don't have Dwight or JaVale anymore. And now that they don't have AD on the court, they're relying on Montrez Harrell and Marcus Gasol. Marcus Gasol, his legs are not with him anymore. Um, I hate to say it, but I respect him as an NBA player and as a defender. He's a defensive player of the year, but you can say he, he looks like he's hurting out there. He's just a little old. You know, he's a little he's a little old. And what Dwight's doing for 76ers is making their defense better. They also don't have a JaVale McGee protecting the rim. I like Montrez Harrell offensively, but he's 6'7", 6'8". He's the main reason why Jokic was doing what he was doing in the NBA second in the playoffs in the second round. That's why they upgraded with Serge Ibaka. Length still matters. I'm watching my team with Rashawn Holmes, who is Rashawn Holmes is a better defender, but there's some things he can't do, like against Jokic, Vucevic, because of height differences, and they don't have that security blank on defense, that blanket on defense. And then once Lakers get behind, they're not that great of a shooting team. You're gonna rely on KCP to be your best shooter. Alex Caruso, LeBron, it's just not happening. THT is still young. It's kind of Taylor Horton Tucker, he's still young. But he's just, you know, he's a young player. We're, we, he, we still don't know what he necessarily is yet. And he's not going to be the reason why Lakers will be a championship. Like, he's not going to be the, the X factor in the playoffs when it happens. That's going to most likely be Caruso or KCP, maybe even Wesley Matthews. But even with Wesley Matthews, I would rather have Danny Green over Wesley Matthews. Um, I would rather have Rajon Rondo in the rotation. I would re much rather have Dwight Howard and um, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee over Marcus Saul and Montrez Harrell. Uh, but they they are missing shorter for these couple of games. But I think their guards is fine. Like one through four, I think that's fine because they have LeBron James. They're gonna be just fine as far as how guys are shooters are and everything. But defensively, if they're not gonna be able to guard. Nobody in the playoffs and say goodbye. They don't have no rim protection. And even when AD comes back, he can't be your only rim protection. What made them so deadly last year is because Anthony Davis qualifies himself as a power forward. And he can do versatile things. He can still stretch the floor. He can defend. He can guard all positions as well. And then you mix on top of him guarding all positions. Positions. He's an elite rim protector as well. So he can do it all defensively. And then you pair that up with... Defensive player of the year, three-time defensive player of the year with Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. Well, JaVale McGee not no defensive player of the year, but he's a elite rim protector. Yes, I said elite rim protector. You can't give me nine better rim protectors than JaVale McGee in the NBA. You can't. Please do it. So I would like to see you try it. There's not nine better. There's not ten better rim protectors than JaVale McGee. There's just not. So... That rim protection is going to put a huge hole in that defense with or without AD. AD is going to be able to do it, but he's going to have to come off the court sometimes. He can't 
do it by himself as a, and be as effective as they were last year. Because that defense was something special last year. And I constantly said this. So, and on top of that, it's only going to get tougher. So we're going to see how they do. It's only a tough stretch. I don't see them going on a 10-game losing streak or anything like that. Because like I said, they still have LeBron James. They still have AD. But that defense is not a much, as much as a threat as it was last year. So you're going to see a lot more teams be able to compete with that. They're going to be able to do more what they want in the rim. Because last year, there nothing was happening going to the rim last year. Not when you had JaVale or Dwight in at, or AD in at all times. It was just not happening. So we'll see how they bounce back. I already told you I don't think they're going to the finals. I already told you all this. Um, they haven't proved to me that they are better than the Clippers last year or this year. They haven't seen them in the series or as when they played against each other. I haven't seen the Clippers win more. All right. Clippers choked against the Nuggets. They did not choke against the Lakers. This is a completely different things. And the Clippers got better. They got a gem in Nicholas Batum while still having Markeith Morris. They have Zubach still developing while they have a real a veteran and a champion in Sergi Baku, who's also versatile. Um Luke Kennard hasn't been that really well, hasn't been that good, but they have young, they actually have young pieces still, like Trey Mann, um, Amir Coffey. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about them, but they actually have some, uh, a G League system. They even got this guy named Jay Scrub, so watch out when he comes up. But Lakers have a lot less to work with because they traded so much for Anthony Davis, and they're, they're stuck in a position right now, and they're also paying LeBron and Anthony Davis so much right now. While the Clippers... Um, they, they, they had, even though they traded a lot for, for Paul George, they still had young guys through a G, G League system. They still had a lot, they still had a deep roster. So it's going to be interesting. They don't, they don't have a, they didn't have a bunch of guys on one year deals like, like the Lakers did. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. But, um, you talk, as far as being championship contender, I have the Jazz going above them. Jazz and Clippers looking like the Western Conference Finals. Because um, as far as the rosters and the way the game is played today, um, they have a lot more ammunition. Both teams have a lot more ammunition than what the Lakers are throwing at. And let's talk about the Jazz. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz. And I, me, I slept on them. I totally slept on them. I thought the Trailblazers will have a type of season that the Jazz is having right now. I knew a team, a new team, whether it was, it was three teams. It was the Nuggets, Trailblazers, um, or maybe even the Phoenix Suns to have a season that the Jazz was having. But I, didn't, I, would, I would say the Jazz would have been my fourth option to have that type of season. And I was totally wrong. And I will take accountability of that. They're playing some amazing basketball. Um, and they're also doing it on both ends. Top 10 offense, top 10 defense. Uh, they got shooters everywhere. But let's go down their little, let's go down their roster. They have just the most solid eight to nine man rotation in the NBA right now. And they have options and versatility with it. You got Mike Conley. You got Donovan Mitchell, who can play the one and the two. You got Joe Ingles, who can play the two, the three, and the four. You got Bojan Bogdanovic, who can play the three or the four. Royce O'Neal can play the three or four rudy gobert a two-time defensive player of the year center seven two with almost an eight foot wingspan you got Derek favors who's pretty much could be a starting center but 
he's this backup center and he gives them that and he's going to give them quality minutes and productive minutes while Rudy Gobert is out. Rudy Gobert is out. You got Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year right now. And that's eight. So that's eight. So you got, yeah, let me count. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. I'll go to the starting lineup. You got Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Gobert, Joe Ingles, Clarkson, and Derek Favors. And then you got, they got this Oni guy. Like, they got some young, young pieces. But they have a solid eight. And they've been playing together for only guy that's, like, new is Derek Favors. But he's been on the team for, like, ten seasons before that one year with the Pelicans. So, if you look at that roster, they got shooters everywhere. They got shooters everywhere. And they shoot a lot of threes. And they make a lot of threes. And they move the ball. They have elite rim protection. They have a fucking security blanket. This team reminds me a lot of the Orlando Magic in 2009 where you can build your whole defense about somebody and you play team ball offensively. The thing that the Magic didn't have, they didn't have that go-to guy. Jameer Nelson was kind of their go-to guy on ball. But, um, you know, other than Dwight getting in the post, like as far as a guard getting their own thing, they didn't have that guy. But the Jazz, they have that guy, an all-star, Donovan Mitchell, who gives me a lot of D-Wade vibes, uh, but he can shoot the rock, he can drive it to the basket, and he's been much better, because there's been some games where Mike Conley's missed, he's been much better, um, play. he's been much better playmaker. So, they have that guy as the guard position, then they have that elite defender where you can build your whole defense around, and Rudy Gobert. And Rudy Gobert has been much better offensively, um, he's been much more of a threat in the pick and roll game so he's elevated his game and he's trying to live up to that contract that he's that he's deserved so they got shooters everywhere elite rim protection but most importantly um when it comes to the mental side they have elite probably the best team chemistry and continuity these guys are all returners and they've been playing with each other for the past two three years they have a great coaching in quinn snyder and they're coming out for a vengeance, most, most importantly. Now, we talk about the Clippers blowing that 3-1 lead. We laugh at them, but there is a team in the first round that blew a 3-1 lead as well. And that was the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz blew a 3-1 lead last year against the Nuggets. They're one game away from getting into a series with the Clippers and maybe going making a Western Conference Finals run. And I seen a little interview from Donovan Mitchell and their mentality is to keep it on, keep the gas going. And when you look at the games that they're playing, they don't let up. They're not letting you come back. They're going, they're starting the, the game the same way they're finishing it. They go for four quarters. They play the same way. They're having fun doing it together and they're locked in. There's no denying that they're not locked in. They've been taking care of all the big games. They just lost recently to the Clippers, but it was a good game. It was not no bad loss. They're winning on a high, they're winning at a high percentage and they're playing consistent good basketball. And that's the what that's uh, that was their downfall last year. They played consistent they played good basketball versus the Nuggets, but it wasn't consistent. And they're staying consistent this year, playing with a lot of chemistry, a lot of fun. So, it's going to be interesting how we see them in the playoffs. But I want to compare this team to the 2015 Hawks. You know, the difference with the 
2015 Hawks, yeah, they had four All-Stars. But they didn't have any special players. Yeah, I mean, I Al Horford, I love. I love Al Horford. He was the closest thing to their most special player because what he can do defensively um, and how fundamentally sound and how consistent he is on offense. Um, they also had Paul Millsap, consistent, reliable. Kyle Korver was even an all-star athlete. Consistent, reliable, three-point shooter. Jeff Teague even made an all-star that year. He's He was consistent and reliable. But they didn't have nobody special. Now, Rudy Gobert, defensively, like him or not, offensively, or, you know, you question his contract or whatever, he is special on defense. Donovan Mitchell has proved that he is special offensively. That he can score on all three levels. And he can be a playmaker. He is an all-star in as a guard in the Western Conference. My man De'Aaron Fox was an all-star. Now we know because of team reasons, I would still take Fox over Donovan Mitchell. But he's a priority and he's one of the main reasons why he's an uh, all-star. He's a reason why he's on. he's leading the best team in the NBA right now. Plain and simple. He's still putting up near 30 a game. He's averaging 27 points. So, the Jazz are for real. I would take them serious. They've been in this playoff. They've been a top. They've been a playoff team in the West for the past three years, and they seem like they finally got it together. So, watch out for the Jazz. I'm not against them. I'm not, you know, doing the whole 2015 Hawks things. I believe that the Jazz are for real. They're playing good basketball, playing very good, consistent basketball, and they have the pieces. So, We'll see what happens. Um, I want to talk about the MVP favorites now. I'm going to do top five. You know, It varies over the season. We have so many good players in the NBA. Three weeks ago, you hear me talking about KD in the MVP conversation. Now he's not in the same top five. Um, and I was also talking about... Who else was I talking about? It's kind of been the same names. But as far as top five right now... I don't know why the NBA is promoted like it's anything else, but Joel Embiid is the favorite. Joel Embiid is the favorite for MVP so far. The dude is so dominant at 50-piece versus Chicago. Um, like I said, Philly is going with this offensive philosophy that they're just going to score, where they're going to give the ball to Embiid. He's going to do whatever he wants. If you want to guard him one-on-one, he's going to get the bucket because he leads the league in mid-range percentage this year. So he's shooting that little shot from the post in the mid-range area. But if you want to bite on his little pump fake, he's going to hit you with a little shimmy, shimmy, or a spin move, or even a Euro step sometimes. And he's going to get a bucket because he's seven foot two, 270 pounds, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And if you want to double-team him, he's going to swing it out to a slashing Ben Simmons who has great instincts around the basket and you can give it to Tobias Harris who can score on all three levels or you can give it to his sharpshooter Seth Curry so they're gonna do he's gonna do whatever he wants and they ain't gonna do nothing about it and as well he's gonna be one of the best rim protectors in the NBA he's gonna be a general defensively and he's gonna be a leader and that's why they have the best record in the East Joel Embiid is the MVP favorite that's my case for him number two LeBron James. This dude is a walking 27, 8, and 8. He's going to get it to you on a nightly basis. 36-year-old, don't matter. He's going to be productive. He's going to be efficient. He's going to do what he do. He's going to control the game. He's just an all-time great, one of the greatest to ever do it. 
and he's LeBron motherfucking James. That's his, That's what it is. Now he slightly went down, and he might be going down more. Because I will tell you who's number three, and I will really say he's 2B and LeBron is 2A, who's kind of in the same situation, because we all know LeBron has an injured teammate. But this guy over here has an injured teammate as well. He's actually missing two of his main guys. And that's Damian Lillard. You already know what you're going to get from him. You're going to get consistency and productive and efficient minutes. He's going to lay it out there. He's going to lead his team. And he's going to run the show. And when it hits the final five minutes, he's going to take the ball in his hands and do whatever it takes to get his team a win. And that's what he's been doing. They're actually on a little bit of a losing streak right now. But they're still fourth or fifth in the West with all the injuries that he's been dealing with without CJ McCollum and Nurkic. And that is Damian Lillard. Damian motherfucking Lillard. It don't matter. He's going to lead and lead his team to wins in the West. And he's been doing it for years. And he's doing it again. He was obviously snubbed from the starters. But, you know, I'm not going to argue about that because Luka has a whole country voted for him. Globally, Luka's more popular. And it came down to fans. All-stars for the fans. But Damian Lillard is in that same MVP conversation as LeBron. If you talk about LeBron James in the MVP conversation, you should be talking about Dame. But at the end of the day, they're still behind Joel Embiid. Number four, you gotta, can't miss him because it's... It's so many. You can say there's like eight MVP contenders this year. But too bad, only one guy can win it. Number four, if you want to talk about efficiency and you want to talk about plus minus, the guy who leads on all those numbers is Nikola Jokic. And yeah, the efficiency numbers is all good. The plus minus is all good. I don't even care about that. You just sit there and watch him play. Oh my God. He is a menace. The only thing that's holding him back from this MVP conversation is his team success. And I do believe the team success matters because all these guys are putting up MVP numbers. But if they're leading to wins, you get that nod because all these guys are putting MVP numbers. Jokic has proven that he is one of the best, not only one of the best scorers in this league. He's also one of the most efficient rebounders in this league. He's one of the better rebounders in this league. And he's also a top five passer in this league at seven foot. He just dominates the game. You can run your whole offense through him. He gets everybody involved. He's barbecue chicken down on that low, low post. He shoots it, passes it, just does it all. He does it all. He's just so fun to watch. And he's consistent and he's efficient. So there's nothing else you can really ask for Jokic to do. He's putting up MVP numbers. You just got to start bringing up that team success, and they're definitely not losing because of him, and that's for sure. Number five, Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry, you're doing amazing, man. Uh, it's just fun to watch. He's He's been consistent. I think it's crazy that he's still shooting over 40% from the three-point line with all that defensive attention, all that mileage on his body that he has, he has to do to get open while sending up his teammates. He's a team player. Everybody still gets their touches playing with him. He doesn't need the ball in his hands a lot. And when the ball is in his hands, he's still a problem. He gets his teammates better. He makes the game easier for his teammates. They're just lacking in wins. And we already know why they don't have as much wins. It's hard to put them over the guys that I just named. But Steph Curry, what he's doing this year is reason why he's an all-time great. Second greatest point guard of all time. Arguably could be the greatest when it's all said and done. And in my opinion, I think he could become the greatest. 
And I wouldn't count him out from winning a ring when he gets his ammunition back. And he just having to... It's funny to see and being from the Bay Area and seeing the culture that the Warriors have built, this winning culture, where they're going about this season where they know they're not going to win, but they have the Timberwolves pick. They know they're going to get Clay next year. And they're going to see how they can upgrade for their team next year to compete for a championship. They already know that they're not competing for a championship. They're seeing what they got. But... They're still contending for the playoffs. So that's a good thing for them. And I, they're, they're not a team that I would love to I wouldn't want to face no Steph Curry in the playoffs, in the playoff series. I just wouldn't want to do it. And he's just dominating the game. It's fun to watch. You just got to respect it, man. People was flaming him after those first two games. I wasn't worried. I told you, I had Warriors as the fifth seed. They might not make the fifth seed, but I think they're going to be a playoff team for sure. And that's because of Steph Curry, and he's just that great. So that's my top five MVP favorites. This one's I'm going to go with. And to end out this episode, I'm just going to give you all a little quick recap with the Kings, man. Um, we need to end this losing streak tonight. All right? We're done with the tough stretch. We lost to Brooklyn two days ago. Um, it was a pretty good game. Tyrese was balling. Got to even James Harden and Kyrie was noticing it. Um, but it was a good game, but then we just... We weren't consistent for all four quarters, and we let a guy like Bruce Brown get off on us. He had 29 points, um, and it was exactly what I'm talking about. It's the little scrappy buckets. Bobby Brown is, not Bobby, Bruce Brown has proven that he can be a glue guy for the Nets. And all he was doing was getting scrappy buckets, hustle buckets. And that's the type of shit that we need to not allow. Take pride on and be consistent for four quarters. But it's okay. They're in New York right now. They're playing against the Knicks right now, tonight. I think it's a good time to bounce back off the... I think it's a, it's a good time to bounce back off the eight-game losing streak. And I think it's tonight. Uh, our next three games should be good wins. We're not playing against championship contenders no more. We're about to be playing against the Knicks, Pistons, and Hornets for these next three games. We got to win at least two out of three. If we don't then we must be in tank mode or something's got to change. But I think it's going to be a good little bounce back because, um, as I said, for the Lakers, they're playing all the easy teams. It's going to get tougher for them. For us, it should get easier because we played a lot of the tough teams already, especially if in the East. <coughs> so I'm excited to see how our young pieces develop and keep going, and we're going to see what happens. So with that being said, I'm going to end it over here. It's a nice day on a Thursday, around 1.30. The sun is out, and I'm coming with good vibes. I'm just grateful to be alive, and I'm going to keep coming with this content for y'all. Shout out to the one or two listeners that's listening to this. I love and appreciate you, and I hope you have a wonderful evening or day, and keep yourself going. Just keep on going. It don't matter. There's probably nobody listening to this podcast right now, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on going. Because I'm passionate about this. Makes you happy. Just keep going. Makes you happy. Don't worry about none of the other bullshit. Keep doing you. Keep it going. Alright? Just believe in yourself. With that being said, I'm out of here. Peace.